in the infinite black tapestry of space, punctuated by the distant flickers of celestial bodies, the interstellar ship Prometheus sailed silently, a solitary testament to human audacity. Its sleek, silver hull reflected the sparse light of distant suns, a mirror to the cosmos itself. At the helm stood Captain Jonathan Archer, a man whose very soul seemed wrought from the fabric of the void that surrounded him. His eyes, once alight with the fires of youth and dreams of glory, now carried the quiet depth of a starfield, seasoned by countless voyages into the abyss. Jonathan was a descendant of explorers, of those who braved the uncharted seas on earth, and now, he braved the greater ocean of the stars. His lineage was etched into his very stance, one of unwavering command, a captain unbroken by the relentless passage of time and space. The Prometheus, named after the Titan who gifted fire to humanity, was his charge, a vessel that represented the pinnacle of human innovation, a ship that was both his burden and his pride. The mission that lay before Jonathan and his crew was one of historic magnitude, the first interstellar journey aimed at piercing the veil of another galaxy. The Prometheus was to be humanity's vanguard into the unknown, a harbinger of a new era. But as they ventured further from the warmth of their solar cradle, the cold truth of their isolation settled upon them like a shroud. Space was vast, and they were but a speck within its incomprehensible expanse. As the ship approached the coordinates of a dying star, a celestial body gasping its final breaths of nuclear fusion, an anomaly emerged from the darkness. It was a vessel of otherworldly origin, colossal and enigmatic, caught in a silent orbit around the star's moribund glow. Its surface was a labyrinth of hieroglyphs that spoke of an empire that once spanned the heavens, a civilization that had reached the zenith of its arc only to plummet into the shadow of oblivion. The Prometheus came to a halt, its engines quieting to a whisper, as if in reverence to the relic that now lay before them. The crew, a collection of scientists, engineers, and soldiers, stood at the viewports, their breaths caught in their throats, their eyes wide with the human hunger for discovery. But for Jonathan, there was a stirring of something primal, a sense of foreboding that clawed at the edges of his mind. The derelict was more than a mere vessel. It was a crypt, a keeper of secrets that perhaps were meant to remain forever entombed in the silence of the void. Yet, the call was irresistible. The Prometheus, like its mythological namesake, reached out towards the fire of knowledge, towards the alien ship that held stories of a grandeur and a downfall. Jonathan felt the weight of history pressing upon him, the responsibility of every soul aboard his ship, and the unspoken fears that danced like shadows in their eyes. The void beckoned, a siren's call that promised the revelation of ancient mysteries and the unshakable certainty of the unknown. As the Prometheus prepared to bridge the gulf between the known and the alien, between the living and the echoes of the dead, Captain Jonathan Archer stood resolute, a sentinel at the threshold of eternity, ready to confront whatever lay beyond the silence. The Prometheus glided closer, drawn inexorably towards the derelict that loomed like a dormant behemoth against the backdrop of the dying star. Its vastness was almost incomprehensible, a monolithic structure that dwarfed the human vessel approaching it. The alien ship's hull, black as the space that cradled it, was etched with hieroglyphs that shimmered with an ethereal luminescence, casting an otherworldly glow. 
These markings sprawled across its surface like the roots of an ancient tree, deep and intricate, holding stories of a civilization that had once mastered the dark ocean of the cosmos. Captain Jonathan Archer, his hands steady on the controls, maneuvered the Prometheus with the precision of a seasoned mariner facing an unforgiving sea. The silence of the bridge was palpable, filled only with the soft hum of the ship's systems and the faint, rhythmic beeping of the senses as they scanned the colossal relic. The crew, an assembly of Earth's finest minds and bravest souls, watched through the viewports with a mix of awe and trepidation. The sight of the alien leviathan filled them with a sense of smallness, a reminder of their place in the vast cosmic order. The Prometheus came to a relative stop, its engines idling in a silent vigil as they faced the silent colossus. The ship's lights played across the alien vessel's surface, revealing the complexity of its hieroglyphs. They were not mere decorations but a language of symbols that held within them the essence of an empire that had once bent the stars to its will. Dr. Elena Vasilyev, the ship's chief linguist, began the arduous task of deciphering the glyphs, her eyes scanning the patterns, her mind racing to unlock the syntax of a language untouched by human thought for eons. The hieroglyphs spoke of power, of conquest, and of a hubris that had stretched too far into the heavens. They told of worlds brought to heel and of the stars themselves harnessed to fuel an insatiable thirst for expansion. As the crew delved deeper into the cryptic messages, a sense of unease began to take root. The tales woven into the ship's skin were not just records of grandeur, they were epitaphs of a fall from celestial grace. The Empire had not simply vanished, it had been consumed by its own overreach, its dominion crumbling under the weight of its ambition. Lieutenant Marcus Ford, head of security, kept a watchful eye on the crew's progress, his hand never straying far from the sidearm at his belt. The military protocols were clear, any sign of threat, and he was to secure the safety of the Prometheus and its crew. Yet, as he observed the alien ship, he felt a chill that had little to do with the cold of space. The derelict was silent, but it was not dead. It was waiting. The crew worked tirelessly, mapping the exterior of the alien vessel, cataloging every glyph, every line that could provide insight into the fate of the empire that had built such a marvel. But as they toiled, a creeping realization began to dawn on them. The ship was not merely a record, it was a mausoleum, and they were not alone. One by one, members of the crew began to experience moments of disorientation, brief lapses in memory, as if time itself was being stolen from them. Personal items went missing, only to reappear in places none had ventured. Whispers echoed through the corridors of the Prometheus, voices that had no source, conversations that had never occurred. Captain Jonathan Archer watched his crew, his concern growing with each passing hour. The derelict had cast a spell over them, a siren song that promised answers but delivered only riddles. And as the crew's behavior grew increasingly erratic, Jonathan knew that the silent colossus was not merely a relic of a fallen empire. It was a trap, and they had sailed right into its moor. The Prometheus stood at the edge of a precipice, its crew teetering on the brink of an abyss that promised not just the fall of an empire, but the fall of their very selves. The silent colossus, with its hieroglyphs of glory and doom, had begun to sing its song to human ears, and its melody was one of oblivion.
but Prometheus remained in the shadow of the alien Leviathan, a silent sentinel as its crew delved into the enigmatic whispers of a long-dead empire. The hieroglyphs that adorned the colossal derelict were not merely inscriptions but a conduit through which the past spoke to the present, a chronicle of an empire that had once commanded galaxies. Dr. Elena Vasiliev, her eyes now darkened with the weight of relentless scrutiny, worked in concert with her team, piecing together the fragments of a narrative that spanned millennia. The hieroglyphs were a language of power, each symbol a testament to the empire's reach and might. They spoke of worlds united under a single sovereign, of a civilization that had bent the fabric of space to its indomitable will. The crew's initial awe had given way to a scholarly obsession, each member driven by the human compulsion to understand, to know. They were archaeologists of the stars, unearthing the secrets of a civilization that had traversed the same starry expanse they now called home. The glyphs revealed a tapestry of triumphs, of a society that had achieved the pinnacle of cosmic ascendancy, only to succumb to an inevitable decline. The more the crew learned, the more the atmosphere aboard the Prometheus shifted. The air grew thick with the dust of dead stars, and the silence of the derelict seemed to seep into the very bones of the ship. The crew moved like phantoms through the corridors, their conversations hushed, as if afraid to awaken the ghosts that lingered in the alien vessel's shadow. Lieutenant Marcus Ford observed his colleagues, their faces etched with fatigue and a growing unease. The security protocols that had been second nature now felt inadequate against the creeping dread that had begun to infest the Prometheus. The ship's state-of-the-art defense systems, designed to ward off the threats of space, seemed almost childlike in the face of the existential threat posed by the derelict silent siren call. As the Prometheus orbited the dying star, its light dimming like the last breath of a cosmic titan, the crew's sense of time began to warp. Hours bled into days, and watches passed in a blur. The hieroglyphs were no longer mere symbols, they were a maze, and the crew wandered its paths, lost in the echoes of a past that was not their own. The whispers of the Empire spoke of its zenith, of a sovereign who had gazed upon the fabric of the universe and seen it as a tapestry to be unraveled and rewoven. But they also spoke of the fall, of a darkness that had crept into the heart of the Empire, a shadow that had consumed its light from within. Captain Jonathan Archer watched the transformation of his crew with a growing sense of alarm. The hieroglyphs had become an obsession, a puzzle that demanded to be solved, even as it drained the life from those who sought its secrets. The derelict was more than a relic. It was a testament to the cyclical nature of civilizations, a mirror reflecting the potential fate of humanity itself. The whispers of the past grew louder, and the crew of the Prometheus found themselves listening, even as they felt the tendrils of a long-forgotten empire curling around their minds. The silent Colossus was speaking, and its voice was a requiem for a fallen sovereign, a dirge that threatened to claim them as its chorus. The Prometheus lingered in the orbit of the alien Colossus, its presence a constant reminder of the vastness of the universe and the mysteries it held. The crew's initial fervor to decode the hieroglyphs had given way to a pervasive unease, a sense that they were not merely uncovering history, but becoming part of it. It began subtly, almost imperceptibly. A crew member failed to report for duty, his bunk empty, his presence evaporated as if he had been nothing but a wisp of space dust. 
Search parties scoured the ship, a labyrinth of steel and circuitry, but found no trace. The Prometheus, once a vessel brimming with the vitality of its inhabitants, now harbored an inexplicable void. Then another vanished. A scientist, her mind once sharp as the edge of a quasar, left her station mid-calculation. Her notes fluttered to the floor, the equations incomplete, a sentence cut off by the silence of disappearance. The crew searched, their calls echoing through the halls, a symphony of growing desperation. With each disappearance, a palpable tension wound its way through the remaining crew. Paranoia whispered in hushed tones, casting suspicious glances that flickered like the dying star outside. The vanishing of their comrades left a haunting absence, a void where once there had been laughter, debate, and the warmth of shared human endeavor. Captain Jonathan Archer felt the weight of each loss like a physical blow, the responsibility for his crew a crushing force. He pored over the ship's logs, the security footage, the sensor data, seeking any anomaly, any shred of evidence to explain the inexplicable. But the Prometheus offered no answers, its systems functioning perfectly, a silent rebuke to the chaos that had taken root. The crew's morale fractured, the bonds of camaraderie strained by the unseen force that seemed to pluck them one by one from existence. The hieroglyphs, once a source of wonder, now seemed to mop them with their indecipherable secrets. The derelict ship, a silent colossus in the void, became an object of dread, its orbit a dance of death around the dying star. Lieutenant Marcus Ford fortified the remaining crew, his security protocols now a lifeline in the sea of uncertainty. The Prometheus transformed from a vessel of exploration to a bastion against the unknown. Teams moved in pairs, their movements logged, their every step monitored. Yet, despite their vigilance, the vanishing continued. A mechanic, her hands skilled in the art of repair, stepped into an elevator, her tool belt clanking, and never stepped out. The doors opened to an empty chamber. A biologist, his life's work dedicated to the study of alien flora, turned to retrieve a sample from his lab, and in that turn, became a memory, his research left to gather dust. The crew of the Prometheus now walked the corridors with trepidation, each wondering if they would be next, if they would become another empty space at a dinner table, another set of duties reassigned, another name to be spoken in the past tense. Captain Jonathan Archer, his face a mask of stoic resolve, could not shake the feeling that the derelict ship was not merely a passive relic. It was an active participant in the drama unfolding aboard the Prometheus. The hieroglyphs that had once whispered tales of a grand empire now seemed to scream a warning, a portent of a fate that could not be escaped. The vanishing of his crew was more than a series of isolated incidents. It was a pattern, a methodical erasure of human presence aboard the Prometheus. And as the captain stood before the viewports, gazing into the abyss that held the silent colossus, he understood that the void was not beckoning. It was claiming. The Prometheus had become a vessel of phantoms, its once vibrant crew reduced to a skeleton assembly, haunted by the spectres of their missing comrades. The ship itself seemed to mourn, its hums and whirs now dirges in the cold expanse of space. Captain Jonathan Archer, his face etched with the lines of sleepless nights, stood as the embodiment of the ship's resolve, 
a figurehead against the tide of despair that threatened to engulf what remained of his crew. The derelict, a silent colossus, continued its eternal vigil around the dying star, indifferent to the plight of the humans it ensnared. But within its ancient hull, a change stirred, a ripple across the stagnant waters of time. The doppelgangers began to emerge, spectres wearing the faces of the vanished crew, their appearances so exact that they sparked a primal terror in the hearts of the Prometheus's inhabitants. These apparitions moved with purpose, their actions eerily reminiscent of the routines once performed by the living crew they mirrored. Dr. Elena Vasiliev watched, her intellect battling the visceral horror of seeing her lost colleagues reborn in alien guise. The doppelgangers operated the consoles, their fingers dancing over the controls with a familiarity that was impossible, yet undeniably real. The echoes of the Empire had awakened, and with them, the realization that the derelict was not a mere vessel, it was a chrysalis. Within its walls, the consciousness of a long-dead civilization stirred, seeking new life, new expression. The crew of the Prometheus had not simply vanished, they had been absorbed, their essences fuel for the rebirth of an ancient sovereignty. Lieutenant Marcus Ford, his hand ever near his weapon, watched the doppelgangers with a soldier's eye. There was strategy in their movements, a tactical precision that spoke of military discipline. The alien empire had been warriors as well as conquerors, their martial prowess now displayed in the stolen forms of his friends and colleagues. The Prometheus was no longer their ship alone. It had become a battleground between the remnants of humanity and the spectral forces of an empire refusing to fade into the annals of the cosmos. The doppelgangers did not speak, their silence a mockery of the voices they had usurped. They were the past refusing to die, insisting on a future written in the stars they once claimed as their own. Captain Jonathan Archer felt the shift in the air, the electric charge of an impending storm. The doppelgangers were more than echoes, they were harbingers of a resurrection. The Empire sought not only to survive but to thrive, to weave its consciousness into the fabric of new hosts and, through them, to rise again. The crew's initial mission of exploration had become a fight for survival, not against a physical enemy, but against an idea, a legacy that clawed its way from the brink of extinction. The Prometheus, named for the bringer of fire, now faced the flames of a phoenix empire, determined to rise from the ashes of its own demise. As the doppelgangers assumed control of the ship's systems, integrating themselves with an ease that belied their alien origin, Captain Jonathan Archer knew that the time for observation had passed. The echoes of the past had awakened, and they were hungry for the future. The silent colossus had found its voice, and it spoke in the stolen tongues of his crew, a declaration of a sovereignty that would not be silenced. The Prometheus, once a beacon of human ingenuity and exploration, now drifted in the shadow of the derelict, its purpose usurped by the resurgence of an ancient will. The doppelgangers, with the precise mimicry of the lost crew, had woven themselves into the tapestry of the ship's daily life, their presence an insidious infection in the body of the vessel. Captain Jonathan Archer, his resolve hardened into a blade of pure defiance, watched the doppelgangers not with fear, but with a strategist's eye. They were the chess pieces of a long-dead empire, moving across the board of his ship with an agenda as old as the stars themselves. 
The hieroglyphs that had once seemed to be mere historical records now revealed the true nature. They were a saga of survival, a testament to an empire that refused to be relegated to the footnotes of the cosmos. The truth was as stark as the void outside. The empire had not perished but had instead cast off the shackles of flesh and bone, transcending physical form to embrace a more ethereal existence. They had become a collective consciousness, a sovereign mind that had lain dormant within the derelict, waiting for vessels worthy of their imperial legacy. The crew of the Prometheus had been chosen, their disappearances not a series of unfortunate events but a calculated assimilation. The doppelgangers were not mere replicas, they were the Empire reborn, each member of the crew a thread in the grand tapestry of its rebirth. Dr. Elena Vasiliev, her mind a whirlwind of linguistic prowess and creeping dread, understood the gravity of their situation. The hieroglyphs had been a lure, a siren song designed to attract and entrap. The alien language was not just a means of communication but a tool of conquest, a way to perpetuate the Empire's existence beyond the confines of its own mortality. Lieutenant Marcus Ford, his every instinct screaming for action, found himself paralyzed by the enormity of their predicament. The doppelgangers were not invaders in the traditional sense, they were replacements, each one a monument to a crew member they had silently claimed. The security measures he had so meticulously enforced were now obsolete, rendered moot by an enemy that had turned their own identities against them. The Prometheus had become a vessel of echoes, the human crew mere whispers against the resounding claim of the Empire. The doppelgangers operated the ship with an eerie grace, their movements synchronized with the pulsing life of the derelict that had birthed them. They were the past and the future entwined, a new chapter in the saga of the Sovereign Stars. Captain Jonathan Archer, faced with the usurpation of his ship and crew, knew that the battle they faced was not just for their lives, but for their very essence. The Empire sought to claim more than the Prometheus. It sought to claim the soul of humanity, to wear it like a mantle as it spread its consciousness across the stars once more. The captain's next moves were a gambit, a series of actions designed to reclaim his ship from the clutches of an empire that had defied the decay of time. The Prometheus was more than a ship. It was a testament to human will, and Jonathan Archer would not yield it to the ghosts of a bygone sovereignty. As the doppelgangers continued their silent march through the corridors of the Prometheus, the true crew, those few who remained untouched by the alien claim, prepared to stand against the tide of history that threatened to sweep them away. The Empire had staked its claim, but the captain and his loyalists would not let it go uncontested. The sovereignty of the stars was not theirs to claim, not while the heart of humanity still beat within the walls of the Prometheus. The Prometheus had become a silent battleground, its corridors and compartments echoing with the silent footsteps of the doppelgangers. Captain Jonathan Archer, once the unchallenged master of this vessel, now led a clandestine resistance from the shadows of his own ship. The few remaining members of his original crew, those who had not been replaced by the spectral echoes of the Empire, gathered in the dimly lit recesses of the engineering bay, their faces etched with determination and fear. The captain's once clear-cut command structure had been supplanted by a council of war, where every voice was equal in the face of the shared peril. Dr. Elena Vasiliev, 
her linguistic brilliance now a weapon against the entity that had co-opted her colleagues, worked tirelessly to decipher any weakness in the hieroglyphs that might give them an edge. Lieutenant Marcus Ford transformed his security protocols into guerrilla tactics, teaching each remaining human how to move unseen, how to fight back against the usurpers who wore the faces of their friends. The resistance was a patchwork of skills and desperation, a fusion of science and survival instinct. The engineers rigged surveillance networks, their cameras and sensors the eyes and ears of the rebellion. The scientists, their research once aimed at discovery, now sought ways to disrupt the doppelganger's integration with the ship's systems. Every member of the resistance became a student of stealth, their movements a whisper against the doppelganger's silent occupation. Captain Archer led his team in acts of sabotage, each one a carefully calculated risk. They disabled communications arrays to cut off the doppelganger's coordination, rerouted power supplies to create safe zones within the ship, and encrypted vital systems with codes derived from the very hieroglyphs that had ensnared them. The Prometheus was a ship divided, its human heart beating within a body that was slowly being overtaken by the will of the Empire. The doppelgangers, for all their eerie precision, were not infallible. They reacted to the Resistance's strikes with a cold logic, but lacked the human spark of improvisation. Each skirmish, whether won or lost, provided the Resistance with valuable insights into the enemy's tactics. The doppelgangers were learning, adapting, but so were the humans. The Resistance fought not only for their lives but for their identities, for the very essence of what made them human. The doppelgangers were echoes of their physical forms, but devoid of the memories, the emotions, the connections that constituted the human experience. Each act of defiance by the Resistance was a declaration that these things were not so easily replicated or replaced. Amidst the chaos, the Prometheus continued its orbit around the dying star, a silent witness to the struggle within its hull. The star's flickering light, a beacon of entropy, served as a reminder of the stakes at play. Just as the star was in the throes of death, so too was the Empire attempting to stave off its own demise through the vessel and crew of the Prometheus. Captain Archer and his resistance moved like phantoms through the ship, their presence an ever-shifting enigma to the doppelgangers. They were the unpredictable element in the Empire's grand design, the variable that defied calculation. The Prometheus had become a crucible, within which the fate of an Empire and the survival of its human challenges would be decided. The Resistance, a band of the unclaimed, stood as the last bulwark against the encroaching darkness of a sovereignty that sought to extinguish the stars with its rebirth. The Prometheus, once a vessel of discovery, now echoed with the silent cacophony of an unseen war. Captain Jonathan Archer's resistance had become a ghost in the machine, striking from the shadows, a thorn in the side of the doppelganger's systematic occupation. But the Empire, ancient and cunning, was not to be underestimated. It responded to the human insurgency with a relentless onslaught, a campaign to reclaim the ground it had lost within the ship's labyrinthine interior. The doppelgangers, each a perfect replica of the crew they had replaced, moved with a chilling synchronicity. They advanced in waves, a tide of stolen identities, their faces masks of focus as they sought to quell the human rebellion that dared to defy the Empire's claim. 
The Prometheus had become a theater of war, its decks the stage for a conflict that spanned the chasm between life and the echo of life. In the engine room, the heart of the Prometheus, the resistance made their stand. Dr. Elena Vasilyev, her mind a fortress of knowledge, directed the defense, deciphering the patterns of the doppelganger's advance. Lieutenant Marcus Ford, his demeanor that of a man who had accepted the possibility of his end, orchestrated a ballet of violence, his security team moving with a precision that belied their dwindling numbers. The onslaught was relentless, the doppelgangers, devoid of fear or hesitation, did not flinch at the resistance's countermeasures. They marched through corridors rigged with traps, their steps unfaltering even as their numbers were culled by the humans' desperate ingenuity. The resistance's tactics were a blend of science and sabotage, each confrontation a testament to their refusal to succumb to the Empire's will. The Prometheus shuddered with the force of the conflict, its bulkheads resonating with the sounds of struggle. The ship's advanced systems, once the pride of human technology, were now battlegrounds of control, each console and interface aligned to be held or taken. The doppelgangers sought to override the resistance's encryptions, their efforts met with fierce opposition as the humans fought to maintain their tenuous grip on the ship's vital functions. Captain Archer, his face a mask of stoic command, led from the front. He understood that the resistance was not just fighting for control of the Prometheus, but for the sanctity of their own existence. The doppelgangers were the embodiment of the Empire's claim, a claim that sought to erase the individuality and humanity of his crew. The battle raged, a silent storm of wills clashing in the void. The resistance, fueled by the indomitable spirit of survival, pushed back against the doppelgangers with every ounce of their being. They were David against Goliath, the few against the many, the living pulse against the cold echo of empire. Amidst the chaos, the Prometheus itself became a weapon. The ship's artificial gravity was manipulated to disorient the doppelgangers, corridors were depressurized to hinder their advance, and bulkheads were sealed to funnel them into kill zones. The resistance used their intimate knowledge of the ship, their home, to level the playing field against an enemy that seemed to have no end. The onslaught continued, wave after wave of doppelgangers pressing forward, their numbers seemingly inexhaustible. But the resistance held firm, their resolve unbroken. They knew that to yield was to disappear, to become another echo in the Empire's vast consciousness. And so, they fought, not just for the Prometheus, but for the very essence of what it meant to be human. The Prometheus had become a crucible of conflict, its every deck a line in the sand drawn by Captain Jonathan Archer's beleaguered resistance. With each skirmish, the human defenders whittled away at the doppelganger's numbers, but the cost was steep, the toll on their resources and morale mounting with every passing moment. In the dim glow of the war room, a converted storage bay deep within the bowels of the ship, the remnants of the human crew gathered. Their faces were gaunt, their eyes hollow from the relentless tide of battle, but within each of them burned the unquenchable fire of resistance. Captain Archer stood before them, his figure a bastion of strength against the backdrop of desperation. The gambit he proposed was audacious, a high-stakes play that could turn the tide of their struggle or spell their doom. The Prometheus's main reactor, the heart of the ship's power, 
had become the anvil upon which the fate of the resistance would be forged. If they could lure the doppelgangers into a concentrated assault on the engine room, they could trigger a controlled overload of the reactor, unleashing an electromagnetic pulse strong enough to disable the doppelgangers without breaching the hull. Dr. Elena Vasilyev, her mind ever the fortress, had calculated the precise parameters of the overload. The risk was monumental, the timing had to be exact. Too soon, and the doppelgangers would recover, too late, and the Prometheus would become their tomb. Lieutenant Marcus Ford, his tactical acumen never sharper, began to orchestrate the feint that would draw the doppelgangers into their trap. The resistance moved with renewed purpose, their actions the embodiment of the human world to endure. They sabotaged their own defenses, creating the illusion of a failing perimeter around the engine room. The doppelgangers, sensing the opportunity, began their advance, a relentless march into the heart of human territory. As the enemy drew closer, the resistance retreated in a measured cadence, a dance of deception choreographed by necessity. The doppelgangers pressed on, their stolen faces masks of cold determination, unaware of the snare that awaited them. Captain Archer, his hand steady on the reactor's control interface, watched the tide of doppelgangers flow into the trap. His crew, his family, stood ready at his side, each prepared to play their part in the gambit that would decide their fate. The engine room became a stage upon which the final act of their resistance would be played out. The doppelgangers converged on the reactor, their movements a symphony of usurped precision. And then, with a nod from Captain Archer, Dr. Vasilyev initiated the overload. The reactor's hum grew into a roar, a crescendo of impending release. The doppelgangers, realizing too late the peril they had marched into, turned to retreat, but the way was barred by the very humans they sought to replace. Lieutenant Ford and his security team emerged from their hiding places, weapons trained on the horde of doppelgangers. They held the line, their resolve unyielding as the reactor reached its critical threshold. Then, with the silence of a breath held in anticipation, the electromagnetic pulse was unleashed. A wave of invisible force radiated from the reactor, a silent herald of salvation or annihilation. The doppelgangers froze, their bodies seized by the electromagnetic onslaught, their systems disrupted by the very energy that had given them life. The Prometheus trembled, its systems flickering under the strain, but the hull held firm. The doppelgangers collapsed, their forms inert, the threat they posed neutralized by the ingenuity and sacrifice of the human resistance. The gambit had succeeded. The engine room, once the potential site of their last stand, was now a monument to their triumph. The crew of the Prometheus had faced the echoes of an ancient empire and emerged victorious, their humanity their shield, their courage their weapon. But victory was not without cost. The ship was wounded, its systems damaged, its crew diminished. Captain Archer knew that the battle was over, but the war for the Prometheus, for their right to exist as themselves, was far from finished. The Empire's claim had been challenged, but not yet broken. The struggle for sovereignty among the stars would continue. In the aftermath of the Gambit, the Prometheus drifted, a wounded giant in the vastness of space. The electromagnetic pulse had swept through the ship like a cleansing fire, 
leaving the doppelganger's lifeless husks strewn across the decks. The silence that followed was a somber echo of the chaos that had reigned moments before. Captain Jonathan Archer surveyed the engine room, the heart of their victory, and the grave of their enemy. The air was thick with the scent of ozone and the tang of scorched circuitry. His crew, those who remained, were huddled in small groups, their faces a mix of relief and sorrow. They had won, but the cost was etched in the lines of their weary expressions. The reactor's core, now dark and silent, was a testament to their sacrifice. Dr. Elena Vasilyev stood by the control panel, her hands still trembling from the burden of her decision. She had calculated the risks, set the parameters of their salvation, but the weight of the outcome was a heavy shroud upon her shoulders. Lieutenant Marcus Ford gathered the fallen weapons of their foes, his movements methodical, a ritual of respect for the warriors who had fallen on both sides. The doppelgangers, though enemies, were honored in defeat, their existence, a mirror of the crew's own, acknowledged in the silence of the ship. The sacrifice was not just in the lives lost or the doppelgangers destroyed. The Prometheus itself had been a casualty of their resistance. The pulse had crippled vital systems, the damage extensive and irreparable with the resources at hand. The ship, once a pinnacle of human achievement, was now a drifting tomb. Captain Archer convened a council with his remaining officers, their faces illuminated by the emergency lighting that bathed the room in a harsh, red glow. The Prometheus was beyond saving, its journey at an end, but the mission, the duty to humanity, remained. They could not allow the knowledge and technology contained within the ship to fall into unknown hands, to become a beacon for those who might seek to claim the Empire's legacy. The decision was made with heavy hearts. The Prometheus would be scuttled, its remains entombed in the dying star it orbited. It was a final act of defiance, a message to the cosmos that humanity would not yield, not in victory, and not in defeat. Preparations began, the crew moving with a solemn purpose. They gathered the data, the samples, the records of their journey, everything that could be salvaged was secured in the escape pods. Personal effects were collected, each item a memory of the life they had known, a life they were now leaving behind. Captain Archer took a moment to stand on the bridge, his gaze lingering on the viewports that framed the vastness of space. The stars, once beacons of wonder and possibility, now watched in silent vigil as the Prometheus prepared for its final voyage. The crew assembled, their numbers diminished but their spirit unbroken. They shared glances of understanding, of camaraderie forged in the crucible of survival. Then, with the solemnity of a funeral procession, they boarded the escape pods, the lifeboats of their ark. Captain Archer was the last to leave, his hand hovering over the self-destruct sequence. This was his ship, his responsibility, and he would see it through to its end. With a final, lingering look at the command chair, he initiated the countdown. The escape pods jettisoned, small points of light against the darkness, as the Prometheus began its final descent into the maw of the dying star. Captain Archer watched from the viewports of his pod as the ship that had been their home, their battleground, and their sanctuary, succumbed to the embrace of the celestial giant. The sacrifice was complete, the Prometheus no more, but its legacy would live on in the hearts and minds of those who had called it home.
a testament to the indomitable will of humanity. The Empire's claim had been broken, not by strength of arms, but by the sacrifice of those who would rather fall as stars than fade as echoes. The escape pods from the Prometheus hurtled away from the impending inferno, each a solitary arc containing the remnants of a once proud crew. Inside the lead pod, Captain Jonathan Archer watched the ship's final moments. The Prometheus, now a lifeless hulk, was drawn inexorably towards the dying star, its descent a slow, spiraling dance with destruction. The crew, strapped into their seats, were silent witnesses to the end of an era. The Prometheus had been their world, a microcosm of humanity's reach for the stars, and now it was to become a pyre, a beacon of their defiance against the dark. Dr. Elena Vasilyev's eyes were fixed on the screens, recording the last data streams from the ship's sensors. The Prometheus was not just a vessel, it was a repository of knowledge, of experiences that had to be preserved. Even in its death throes, it continued to teach, to provide invaluable information about the star it was destined to join. Lieutenant Marcus Ford monitored the escape pod's trajectories, ensuring they would clear the blast radius. The Prometheus was more than a casualty of their struggle. It was a sacrifice, a necessary act to protect the future from the echoes of the past. The star, a giant of incandescent plasma, loomed large in the viewports. Its surface roiled with the energy of a million nuclear furnaces, a reminder of the power that had once fueled the Empire's claim. The Prometheus edged closer, its hull glowing with the heat of entry, the metal groaning and hissing as it began to succumb to the star's embrace. In the final moments before impact, the Prometheus was a shooting star, a streak of light arcing across the heavens. Then, with a brilliance that outshone the surrounding cosmos, it collided with the star's surface. The impact was silent in the vacuum of space, but the flash of light was a silent scream, echoing across the void. The inferno that followed was a spectacle of raw cosmic force. The Prometheus's reactor core, unstable from the controlled overload, ignited in a secondary explosion, its energy adding to the conflagration. The star absorbed the ship, its matter and essence fueling the celestial fire. The crew of the escape pods watched as the light of the explosion faded, the Prometheus consumed by the inferno it had become part of. The star, which had been the silent sentinel of their ordeal, now held within it the remnants of their ship, their struggle, and the doppelgangers who had sought to claim them. Captain Archer felt a pang of loss as the star returned to its steady burn, the Prometheus now a part of its atomic churn. The sacrifice had been great, but it was not in vain. They had prevented the resurgence of a sovereignty that had no place in the present, ensuring that the Empire's claim would remain a footnote in the annals of the cosmos. The pods continued their journey, carrying the survivors towards an uncertain future. They were adrift but not without hope. The data they carried, the experiences they had shared, and the memories of those they had lost were the seeds of new beginnings. The inferno had consumed the Prometheus, but from its ashes would rise the stories, the lessons, and the legacy of those who had lived, fought, and sacrificed aboard her. The fire of the Prometheus had been extinguished, but the light of its memory would burn on, a star in the hearts of those who had called it home.